I was trying to ask if I would finish what I started last week, and I reckon I'll try to. Amos, we talked about the first three chapters, maybe got into the fourth. Amos prophesied about the early 8th century. That would be 780 somewhere in that vicinity. So he's one of the older prophets. He wasn't a, an elite. He was a herdman of Tekoa. That's in Israel. And God called him to prophesy, to be a prophet, and to declare the word of God. And that's what he did. Well, first he declares to all of these other places around Israel, Damascus, Syria, Gaza, Edom, Ashdod, Philistines, Tyrus, Edom, Ammon, Moab. Then he gets to Judah and Israel. And their wicked ways. My point last week mainly was that not only does God judge his people, God is the judge of all people. Amen. He's the judge of all nations. When we read in Revelation 20, at the great white throne judgment, it doesn't say just a select few will be there. It says all of them will be there. Hold your place there and look back at Revelation. That'd be worth reading again. Well, the revelation itself says, blessed are those that read and keep the prophecy's book. So I want you all to get a blessing today. So we're going to read part of Revelation. In verse 20, or chapter 20 of Revelation, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Heaven and earth fled away. Well, in other places it says they'll melt with fervent heat. <laughs> That's what. Wasn't no place found for them, so they melted. <laughs> okay. Uh, this actually is literal truth. Amen. Nothing symbolic about it. Literal truth. 
Adventist preachers say most of this book of Revelation is just symbolic. Well, their minds are symbolic. They're not real. And I saw the dead. Yes, dead people. And this ain't no TV movie. These are actually dead people that are resurrected and given an indestructible body so they can stand before the God of the universe. And actually the judge is Jesus God's Christ because he became the son of man. Judgment was given into his hand, all judgment. So it must be him on this white, at this white throne. And I saw the dead, small and great. There are small men, small people, not just talking about their stature, talking about small in importance. And there are great men, big in stature, and there's great men in their importance in this world. <clears throat> this world puts a big deal on how important you are. That's why you have the terms VIP. Y'all know what VIP stands for? You know what VIP? Very important persons. We have persons that are very important in this world. But let me tell you what happens to them. They go the way of all the earth. <laughs> we read about David this morning. King David, friend of God. God, man after God's own heart. And he got old and decrepit and he died. He went the way of all. Hey, that's what happens to all of you. You know, Methuselah lived 969 years. And those were literal years as we know years. And you know what happened? He died. That's what happens to all of us. Why? Because of Adam in the Garden of Eden. In the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And he's the federal head of the human race. Now, I saw the small and great stand before God. Everybody needs to know that's where you're going to end up. Standing before God. I don't want to stand before God. <laughs> I'm thankful my Savior has already stood before God in my behalf. And the books were open. Here's one of them right here. And it probably won't be in English. But this will be one of them. And another book was open. Could be the book of remembrance. Malachi talks about that. Another which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. He said, well, what if the works are good? No, none of them are going to be good. Some of them just be worse than others. Some of them just be more than others. But none of them are good. What are our works of righteousness? Isaiah said they are like filthy rags. There's none good, no, not one. You said, well, what about you? You said, you're not going to be there. Because all of Jesus' works are perfect. And blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. He did impute my sin to his only begotten son on the cross of Calvary. He who knew no sin became sin for me.
And he paid my sin debt. Isn't that marvelous stuff? Now, I wouldn't know that except the Bible. (laughs) Don't mess with my Bible. Don't come tell me, you need to get this this version. I got the version. And I don't have time. Don't have room for another version. I might take it and tear it to pieces, but I ain't going to use it. Anyway. The sea gave up the dead. I heard a Southern Baptist women's class one time, and they were discussing whether fish have souls or not. And I thought to myself, well, I said, what in the world is that woman doing trying to teach the book of the Revelation, and she's got no more sense than that. Oh, not to let the word of God be mishandled like that. Somebody... Somebody that doesn't know any more than that's got no business trying to teach anybody. Deliver these things to faithful men who shall be able to teach. I think the Bible says that somewhere, doesn't it? Death and hell gave up the dead. Death and hell delivered up the dead. The grave and the place of torment delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. That would include women. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. You see, Hades no longer will exist. It went into the lake of fire with everybody in it. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My, somebody said, well, I'm a whosoever willer. I'm a whosoever too. Whosoever was found not written in the book of life. And when did he write that book of life? Before the foundation of the world. Amen. You can't deny that. Amen. Scripture very plain there. Anyway, judgment. How did I get there? Well, who's going to be there? Everybody that's not in the book of life. Well, then we talked about Judah and Israel, God's people. Look how they profaned themselves. He said he'll not turn away the punishment. Back here in Amos 2 and verse 6. Look at all what what they did. I wanted to comment a little bit more here. Uh. Chapter 3, verse 2, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. He's talking to the nation of Israel. The one that still exists in Palestine today, in Jerusalem today. Bunch of liars say that they no longer exist. Bunch of Muslims And liars say they no longer exist. They're making a liar out of God. And I'll tell you, God who cannot lie and let every man be a liar, but God is true. Therefore I will punish you for all your iniquities. Well, God said here in verse 10, For they know not how to do right. 
who store up violence and robbery in their palaces. He's talking about Israel now, his people. And then over here in chapter 4, he talks about what he has done to train them, to teach them. Look what he's done. First, he says in verse 1 of chapter 4, Hear this word, ye kind of Bashan. Now, kind is plural for cow. You cows of Bashan <laughs> that are in the mountain, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their masters, bring and let us drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holders that, lo, the day shall come upon you. That's the northern kingdom. And he's talking about the women of the northern kingdom. So, well, now you got, you, y'all got to talk nice. You got to talk nice like, like the Bible talks nice. You got to talk light, nice like God talks. And you got to talk nice like Jesus talked. I think people talk like that never has read the Bible. Amen. I mean, here God's calling the women of Israel cows. Well, <laughs> look what he says. They will take you away with hooks and your posterity with fish hooks. That would be your children. You know, they've got a freeze is old-fashioned carving of a picture up on a wall in stone. You spend a lot of time doing that. And a lot of the old buildings, you can see those, and they try to imitate that even with modern stuff sometimes. But they have uncovered this freeze work. I think Halley's Handbook has got it in there, but it's pretty easy to find, biblical archaeology, that... Uh, Actually, when Sennacherib, you remember that name, and the Assyrians came down on Samaria and took them captive in the year 722 B.C. Do you know how they took the women of Samaria back to Assyria to Nineveh. And they've got it on those freeze work. There's the women of Samaria literally got fish hooks between their lower and their upper lips with a cord attached to them leading them in a line. We've had, you know, the Trail of Tears when they walked and murdered many of the Cherokee people, taking them to Oklahoma. That's why they called it the Trail of Tears, when so many of them died. Some of our soldiers went through it, the Bataan Death March in the Philippines. The Japanese did to our soldiers and British soldiers. Stomped them in the ground. Very few survived that march. I don't know how, how many survived this march, those marches, the Trail of Tears and the Bataan Death March, that didn't just start. That had been going on for a long time. 
captive takes, uh, been taken by their victor, taken away. They don't ride them on chariots. If you can't, if you can't walk, then you get tramp, trampled to death. But here's those women with those fish hooks. Now, you know somebody puts a hook through your lips. Do you know where you would go? Anywhere they wanted you to go. Now, we talk about fulfilled prophecy. Here's some fulfilled prophecy. And that absolutely. Anyway, he says, he's talking about going to Bethel and transgressing all that, their idolatry. He says in verse 6, he says, I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and lack of want of bread in all your places, yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Now, he didn't give them a whole case of Ipana toothpaste. That's not how they got cleanness of teeth. They got cleanness of teeth because there wasn't no food to eat. Because of famine. But God says he did that in order to get them to turn back to him. Amen. He says, yet you've not returned unto me. So don't, hey, everything going on is not something that you, oh God, please turn this. They say, oh God, please turn this. I don't know. I'm careful about that. What I'm going to pray. I don't know what I'll be praying against God. I don't be praying against God. But here's what he said there. And look at verse, uh, verse 9. Blasting and mildew. <laughs> when your gardens and your vineyards, your fig trees, your olive trees increased, the palmer worm devoured them. Now I'm not 100% sure I could recognize a palmer worm but I'm sure I could recognize the result of a palmer worm because there wouldn't be nothing left for me to eat. And there wasn't anything left for Israel to eat. Worms got it. Say, well, boy, uh, what happened? We had a bad luck this year. No, that wasn't bad luck, my friend. That was God sending those worms. God ordained those worms and ordered them to go eat everything. Well, oh, God wouldn't do that. Read the Bible. You might find out different from that. They've got some kind of Santa Claus idea about God. Yeah. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. See, this is God's discipline. Verse 10, I've sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Well, remember what happened with Moses and the plagues of Egypt? Pestilence, you had flies, lice, oh, frogs, locusts. <laughs> After the manner of Egypt, that wasn't the last time that was done. <laughs> Your young men have I slain with the sword. And have taken away your horses. And I've made the stink of your calves to come up unto your nostrils. I reckon, like in Egypt, flies don't have a long life. And if you've got a plague of flies and they die, I guess they stink. Frogs. Dead frogs. And all the other assorted things. 
the stink of your calves. And yet, look what it says. Have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord? Well, I don't want a God like that. Well, you, you ain't got no choice in the matter. <laughs> God is as he is. Amen. Verse 11, I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, look back at Sodom and Gomorrah. How did he do there? He sent fire and brimstone out of the sky. I reckon he repeated that. Looks to me like he did. And ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. The only reason you're still alive is because I pulled you out of that fire. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Now, looks like God's reached his limit. Now verse 12, therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will uh, do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. There's that famous saying you've seen on road signs ever since I can ever remember, but nobody ever got the context of this chapter. So this wasn't just a general, this was to God's people that had backslid on him that had gone away from him. For lo, he that formeth the mountains. Come on, folks. Let's get into a little creation. A little creation truth. And created the wind. Ah, oh, okay. You know, they tried to build a biosphere in Arizona some years back, 30, 40 years ago. Big globe-like thing. And have a complete Atmosphere and world in there, raising crops and everything else. But you know what? It didn't work. They forgot something. There wasn't any wind in it. Then when they got wind in it, it worked. God created the wind. It takes wind to work, this whole thing. But anyway, uh, and he declareth unto man what is his thought that maketh the morning darkness and treadeth upon the high places of the earth. Who, who are you talking about there? Oh, here I know. The Lord God of hosts. The Lord, the God of hosts is his name. That's, that's, who, that's who we're listening to right there. You know, I thought we are talking about the Bible a minute ago. Back in Deuteronomy, Moses telling the children of Israel, of course, this... Uh, 700 years before this, somewhere thereabout. <clears throat> you know, behold, he hath shown thee that God doth live. And he talks with man. Amen. And how does God talk with us? Right here. The word of God. Now, you know, back years ago, Kids and looking at drugs, trying to figure out, uh, is there really a God? The Bible says, yeah, there, there is. He does live, and he does talk with us. Anyway, he says now in chapter 5, Hear this word which I take up against you, even a lamentation, O house of Israel. Let me skip through here just a little bit. Virgin of Israel is fallen, she... She shall no more rise. She's forsaken upon her land. There's none to raise her up. Uh, verse 
For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and you shall live. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to nothing, to naught. Well, those are idolatrous worship places, unauthorized worship places. People ought to think about that before they go to heretic churches. God doesn't smile on that. Anyway, he says now, verse 6, Seek the Lord, and ye shall live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph, and devoured, and there be none to quench it in Bethel. Ye who turn judgment to wormwood, and leave off righteousness in the earth. Seek him that maketh the seven stars, and Orion. Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into the morning. Well, you can find more people that know their astrological sign than know the books of the Bible. You could probably go to most grocery stores and just interview, street interview, Customers of the store, do you know your astrological sign? Well, they call those something else. You know what I'm talking about, though. Probably the majority of people would say, my sign's this or that. Well, do you know, can you name the books of the New Testament? Or can you name the books of the Old Testament? Lord knows you couldn't name them all. But could you name the New Testament? Few and far between. And so they were, they were seeking Orion, the stars. But he said, don't seek him. Seek him that made them. Amen. <clears throat> well, here we go. He says, now, the Lord is his name. Uh, verse 10. Here's a rebuke. They hate him that rebuketh in the gate. That would be Amos at this time. And everybody that's in the line of Amos. And they abhor him that speaketh uprightly. Abhor is hate. Did you know the most maligned Men in our immediate world are those that preach the whole counsel of God. Well, he just, he just needs to back off of that. That's what they say. God is rebuking them for that. There's more stuff here. Uh, how bad will God's punishment be? His judgment, how bad will it be? Look over here in uh, chapter 5. Verse 16, Therefore the Lord God of hosts 
The Lord saith thus, Wailing shall be in all streets. They've got a wailing wall in Jerusalem. And all they go there and put prayers in, in between the rocks. And that's where they wail. They're going to be, they don't have to go to wailing wall here. Be wailing in the streets. Revelation, the sixth chapter, and the, and the sixth seal. They'll be begging the rocks to fall on them and hide them. And they shall say in all the highways, Alas, alas, that's just an old-fashioned word. saying, Oh, me. And they shall call the husbandmen to mourning, such as are skillful of lamentation to wailing. And then all, all vineyards shall be wailing. There ain't going to be nothing to make them happy. For I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. <laughs> In his wrath. Yeah. Woe to you that desire the day of the Lord. <laughs> to what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. That's the wrath of God. That is soon to come. And here's just how bad it will be. As if a man did flee from a lion. Anybody ever been close to a lion like in a cage? See, I remember when I was a kid, the Barnum and Bailey Circus came into Lexington on the railroad. Down there at uh, Bolivar Street, out off South Broadway. Anybody remember that? Anybody old enough to remember that? I'm an old-time circus. Came in on the railroad tracks right down there at Bolivar. It's not even railroad tracks there. You go down there like you're going to turn back over to UK before you go up there to the bridge. It's right, right down there. That's where the circus train came in, and they unloaded the train. They had elephants walking, drivers with the elephants. They had the old-fashioned cages on wooden wheels pulled by horses, and they had tigers and lions and everything you think of. It was absolutely great. And they came in, they went and then turned right, and they went up Short Street. No, not Short, uh, Maxwell. Then they went out Nicholasville Road, where South and Drive and Nicholasville Road is, right there, the big medical center, right there. That was a big old swampy field. In rain, when rainy, it was swampy. But that big old field, and they put up three tents, huge three ring tents, and that's where they set the circus up there. But I remember getting close to those cages, where those big lines were, and I'm telling you, they. I didn't want to get in there with them. Uh, you think about Daniel and the lions then, real lions. Well, here, as if a man did flee or run from a lion, <laughs> he got a lion on his tail, and a bear met him. I don't want to run into either one of them. Or he went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. I mean, he didn't have a, he didn't have a chance of getting away, did he? And that's where God's people are when the wrath of God hits. Well, we're still involved in religion. 
And God says, verse 21, I hate, I despise your feast days. I hate them, and I also despise them. I don't pay any attention to them. And I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. That's, you're talking about incense and all of that. When the Catholic Church, when they, the priest got his, he got incense, got the smoke going. That's that sweet smell of that incense. God will not smell it. Now others might not have that, but they got other things just as well. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your meal offerings, I will not accept them. I th- people say, well, God ought to be happy we're doing anything. <laughs> no, it's not hardly that way. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beast. And see, that was the one supposed to become a smell of a sweet savor in the nostrils of God. He said, I won't even regard those. And he says, take thou away from me the noise of thy songs. Oh, we just got to have all that music. Huh? Mercy. God said, take it away. You think that's replacing, preaching the truth? That's what they think. But according to God, it isn't. Not at all. For I will not hear the melody of thy vows, but let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. Have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? But you have borne, that means carry, the tabernacle of your Moloch and Keon, your images, the star of your God which you made to yourselves. You've mixed the idolatry of the heathen world with my services. Hey, we're coming around time of year. It's going to be done in force. I didn't write this, folks. I'm just reading it to you and telling you what I believe it means. And, and I'm right. No, there's no question about it. Now, some might have question, but you can't get it from here. You've carried the tabernacle of your Moloch. Be careful what you carry into your house. Therefore... When you see therefore in the Bible, see what it's there for. Therefore, because of all this, will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. The Assyrians are beyond Damascus, and they're the ones that's going to take you into captivity. In chapter 6, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. See, that was to the northern kingdom. But he says, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. 
the city of God. I think we could compare that to the Lord's church. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. Verse 3, ye that put far away the evil day and cause the seed of violence to come near, that lie upon beds of ivory, stretch themselves upon their couches, eat the lambs out of the flock, the calves out of the midst of the stall, that chant to the sound of the viol, that's a stringed instrument, and invent to themselves instruments of music like David, that drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointments, but they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Just how much attention do you pay to the cause of Christ? How much attention do you pay to the command to preach the gospel to every creature? Just how much attention do you pay to the service of God, to the work of God, that goes on in his name. Baptism. The Lord's Supper. Preaching the gospel to every creature. Are you at ease in Zion? God help you if you are. Now look at chapter 7. Thus hath the Lord God shown unto me. And behold. He formed grasshoppers. Now wait a minute. God made grasshoppers? Those are locusts. These grasshoppers are locusts. Gibo or something like that, the Hebrew word. <clears throat> In the beginning of the shooting up of the latter growth. And lo, it was the latter growth after the king's mowing. And it came to pass when they had made an end of eating the grass of the land. I said, O Lord God, forgive, I beseech thee, by whom shall Jacob arise, for he is small. Now the Lord backed up from that. He didn't change his mind, but he backed up from that. Stopped that. In verse 4, thus hath the Lord God showed unto me. And behold, the Lord God called to contend by fire. Now that's not strange. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. He says his whole earth and universe has been reserved unto, in store unto fire. It shall melt with fervent heat. So it's not unusual for God to contend with fire. <clears throat> and it devoured the great deep and did eat up a part. Devoured the great deep. Try to find out what that means. Look up your commentaries and try to find out what they what that means. They don't have any idea what it means unless you believe what it says. <laughs> you don't need a commentary here. You need the word of God. You need to believe the word of God. It says it devoured the great deep. That's the ocean. I don't know what happened, but God devoured the, dried up the ocean with fire. 
Well, what did he do on Mount Carmel? When Elijah offered up the offerings, and how many drums of water did they soak it down? And God, and he called down fire from heaven, and God licked up not only the water, but the stones. All of it. Yeah, I'm just simple enough that I'm going to tell you, I believe that means what it says. He devoured the great deep and did eat up a part. But then he backed up from that. He didn't follow it all the way through. Merciful is God. And verse 7, getting a little worse now. Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line. With a plumb line in his hand. Well, anybody who's around construction knows what a plumb line is. Uh, you got a, called a plumb bob, a little round thing that's got a point to it. And it's tied to a string. And you get up on a brick wall and you lower that down and let it quit swinging. And you've got a perfectly vertical line. Now you can use a level, big level or the modern stuff. But a plumb line will do it. Now Amos has got a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. He's talking about what he's just done. Uh, You talk about a final test, final exam, here it is. And the high places of Isaac shall be desolate. The sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Ooh. Amos has got the plumb line. When bricklayers lay up a wall, and they know they've done it too fast, and haven't laid it, Plum. They don't want anybody with the plumb line to come around there. Get out of here! I don't want that because that plumb line will show their work up. Whenever building the old Paul Miller Ford building on the New Circle Road, the original one. Anybody remember Alvis Hickey? He was here. He was a bricklayer, and he was an extreme fellow. He had a brick. He had a block crew, and they were laying block on that building. And he hadn't been with them for a while. They had to go someplace. He came back, and he looked at that wall, and that wall was crooked. By himself, he took a sledgehammer and knocked that whole wall down. At his own expense. And he made them lay that wall again and, and make it right. Well, I'm sure if he hadn't, somebody else would have, but he did it himself. Because it was not plumb. 
And that's what a plumb line shows. The crookedness there. And that's why people don't like a man of God that preaches the whole counsel of God because it makes everything else and everybody else that's not right. It shows them up for how crooked they are before God. And they don't want to be bothered with that. Well, look at here. Verse 10 of that chapter. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel. See, he's priest of a false, or false chapel. He sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Now that's Jeroboam the second. Jeroboam the first was way back right after Solomon. It's saying Amos hath conspired against thee. Hate speech. Amos is preaching that hate speech. Against in the midst of the house of Israel. And the land is not able to bear all his words. He didn't say the words was wrong, did he? No. He just said the land can't bear them. And it's a conspiracy. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword. There's judgment of God coming. Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their own land. And were they? Absolutely. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, it's what that's called for that's called prophets. Go! <laughs> Flee thee away to the land of Judah. Get on down south there where the rest of your hate speechers are. And there eat bread and prophesy there. Get on with that bunch of idiots that you've got down there. They'll take what you're saying. But you can't do that around here. Prophesy not again anymore at Bethel, for it is the king's chapel, and it is the king's court. It certainly wasn't God's, was it? No. Then answered Amos. <laughs> I love Amos. It said to Amos, I, I was no prophet. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Neither was I a prophet's son. I wasn't no PK. But I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. A much lower job than a shepherd. And the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Now therefore hear thou the word of the Lord. Thou sayest prophesy not against Israel. And drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Don't drop it. Don't drop the word. <laughs> I'm going to drop it. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Thy wife shall be a whore in the city, a harlot. <laughs> and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword. And thy land shall be divided by line, and thou shalt die in a polluted land, and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. And the next vision 
was a basket of summer fruit. Basket of summer fruit. Look at them bananas. They're already turning black. <laughs> and there's the summer fruit. And I think we're in the time of the summer fruit. God help us to understand that God does punish. God does discipline. But he expects us to respond in kind. Are you at ease in Zion? God help us not to be. I know we've got problems. We've got all kinds of problems. But our first objective is to serve the Lord. And that's what Jesus said. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. What's your